Welcome to another episode of Successfully Chaotic. I am your host, Maria Daniels, and today I've got an amazing guest. Actually, months and months and months in the making at this point, we were talking in the back room that we have rescheduled this so many times, and it's just been crazy, but it, it's today's the day. Today's the day where she's going to drop her nuggets of wisdom on you, and if you're reading this title, we actually decided to definitely flip the script which was what we originally titled this, because we're not going to talk about that at all today. Another thing we were talking about in the back room is just the fact that we are in season 10 of the podcast right now. And kind of the whole feeling behind that is just this, this word nourish. And we're not just talking about, you know, nourishing your body with amazing foods, which is so important, but also just nourishing your mind, nourishing your soul, just nourishment inside and out. And I'm going to let my guest jump in and introduce a little bit about herself. And then we're going to get chatting. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, Maria. This is aligning exactly as it should. Um, hi, everyone. My name is Adrian Irizarry. I'm a holistic women's health practitioner. That's just a fancy way of saying that I help to educate and coach and bring wisdom um, from East Asian medicine tradition into the modern world so that you know how to meaningfully take care of your body. And this is why this flipping of the script felt so aligned today, because absolutely everything about what I do is to help people live more aligned lives, because true health comes from that alignment. Well, and I love that. And I'll have to have you on my other show too. Um, we'll do a little better at making sure it sticks on the date. But um, it's it's called Learn to Speak the Language of Your Body for now, just because it SEO'd well. But it's technically going to be called Body Speaks. But it's very much just kind of about that, the wellness side of you know my business. And you know I think it's interesting because when I kind of came up with the word for season 10, I, you know, kind of talked to my team. I'm like, this really just keeps coming to me. And we were like, okay, well, should we move that to the wellness show though? Because it's nourish. And I'm like, no, because I think it's a, a broader picture. And yes, this show is primarily geared, geared towards entrepreneurs. But as you know, as an entrepreneur, you're typically burning the candle at both ends. Even when you know you really don't want to, I mean, you probably quit your, you know, nine to five, or like in my case, it was like a nine to nine to, you know, to be able to, you know, work shorter hours. But then at the beginning, I definitely was not working shorter hours. Yeah. And there's been moments in between where it's kind of like it ebbs and flows, right? There's times where you have to give more than you technically want to give at that moment if you're starting something new or a new, you know, project or whatever. But that shouldn't be the norm. And I think, that's something I wanted us to chat about today because I know obviously you're an entrepreneur and it is almost this 
expectation that's kind of out there. Nobody really says it, but um, it's well, I guess some people do that whole like hustle and grind culture. But, um, you know, it's it's kind of expected that you're just like you just become like this martyr to your business. And it's becomes to the, it gets to the point that it becomes so much that you can't keep up and you start questioning or I have questioned different parts of my journey. Like, why did I do this? <laughs> like, what did I do? You know, and it shouldn't feel like that. Yes, a hundred percent. I know that coming from that W two environment, that was one of the things that I was actually hoping was going to change a little bit uh, when I made this transition, because I was working a nine to nine just like you were, and it was taking a toll on my health. It was taking <laughs> all of the facets of my health, yeah. um, my relationships around me. Like it was just so hard to maintain that cadence and. One of the things that as an entrepreneur now, I actually have a class where I teach other people. It's called Cycle Productivity Secrets. And one of the things as female entrepreneurs, and I'm talking about assigned at birth, right? Regardless of how people perform their identity, assigned at birth female, we have hormonal changes that affect that grind too. So, you know, that whole grind, live in spring and summer energy all the time is the expectations of our culture. There's this unspoken, sometimes spoken, but usually unspoken expectation that in order to be successful, you have to work like a man. But they maintain their hormonal cadence in a 24 hour window. We wake up every day of our cycle and we're in a different place hormonally. And that affects our productivity. It affects the strengths that our brain has. It affects the way that we show up for work every day probably a couple days out from your bleed or you're in the early days of your bleed and you don't have that kind of energy but you do have this beautiful gifting of being able to sit and write blogs and write social media posts and maybe you this is where you do most of your writing for the entire month but then you know closer to ovulation this is where you're doing your podcasting and you're teaching your courses and you're giving presentations and you're doing your networking because you are hardwired to be shiny and bright and extroverted and wanting to talk to people You have planning tasks that you're really good at in your luteal phase. Every phase of your cycle gives you gifts and you can be a powerhouse and super productive if you're working with the flow of that rather than against it. And it makes you a lot less tired and sick. I I love that you brought that up because that's kind of something that I love chatting about. And I know on my wellness side, we talk a lot about even like seed cycling and all these things, but because that's a really easy way to kind of help work with your cycles and people that are coming into it on that level. It's like it's their first experience with realizing again, they always knew they had this like, you know, ever moving cycle, but really never thought about it the way that you just kind of laid that out. And I love that you said that because it's, it's so true. And then you add some other little things onto that. Like I have ADHD. I did not know until my late thirties. I'm in my forties now, but did not know that as a whole other layer of, of spiciness to all of that, (laughs) that, you know, I have to really work with, you know, it's, it's kind of a a joke. I'm like, I have a good brain day. I'm having a good brain day, you know, or like, I'm not having a good brain day. Um, So, you know, all of that kind of goes together and, you know, there are, you could sit and go, oh, I have, you know, I have this issue here and I can't do ABC. Mm-hmm. Or you can say, you know what, 
right now is a time where I'm going to be highly creative, or right now is a time that I'm not going to be as creative and I need to do more kind of like task-related things. And I kind of know that within myself now, depending on kind of where I'm at. But I think it's important to kind of figure it out for yourself, like how do you best work? And I think that's mm. the point. That's how you really start to nourish yourself is figuring out, well, first of all, what do you need? What does your body need? What does your brain need? What What do you need to be able to complete what you're wanting to complete? Well, and that's one of the things that, especially if you're moving from W2 culture where you're in somebody else's box into your own box, it's really important to figure that out because some people work really well with time blocking. I know that I do, um, but I time block based on my cycle. I literally first day of my periods sit down yeah. and plan out I can take a few more clients one-on-one -on -one during this part of the month. I need to make sure that I can take a nap on my lunch break during this part of the month, like so that I don't overbook myself in certain spots, but I overbook myself when I have the energy to and the flexibility in my nervous system to be able to handle it. And it's a very different way of thinking about it than when you're working in somebody else's box, which is based off of that 24-hour male hormone pattern. You're yeah. expected to come in, do the same thing day in and day out. School is kind of like that for kids too. Yeah. And when you're working through the fact that your body isn't different, it is different and isn't showing up the same way every single day, whether that's hormonally, whether that's because of ADHD, I've got th three of them in my house. So you know, I, I'm very familiar with that. And some days, like just the ability to focus on a singular task is there. And some days it's not. And none of that is bad. And I think that's the part to emphasize is we can tell ourselves because we're locked in our head with that inner critic. And we can say some really nasty things to ourselves if we're not feeling like we're being as productive as we should be like, why can't you get this done? Just get off your ass and go do it, Adrian. Like, you know, we can say all these things and that really like takes a big toll on the way our body shows up for us instead of again, flipping that script and looking at it from a body centric place. And this is why people are so burnt out and why a lot of entrepreneurs go out of business in the first five years because they work really hard. They burn the candle, like you said, at both ends. They push, 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 push. It takes at least six months to get that marketing ball rolling down the hill when you're starting a brand new project. But at that point, like you need income, right? You're so focused on that part that you make yourself sick and you work yourself into a really scary place some, for some people. I work with a lot of people who get sick doing it that way. And instead of working in a more body-centric kind of way where you actually don't work quite as hard as your ego mind might tell you you're supposed to, but you're equally, if not more so, productive because you're able to maintain your health the whole way through and your body doesn't shut you down and say, you need to take a sick day today because you haven't been taking care of me, friend. Absolutely. <laughs> well, and I think there's a lot of people that probably are like, oh, I've been there because I, I say it all the time that you either rest or your body's going to choose it for you because, wow. you know, it's it needs that rest. And if you're not giving it, you're going to get rest, whether you like it or not. But it's probably not going to be the kind that you would have chosen because you're going to get sick. You're going to feel like crap. And I've done it. I, I know better and I've still done it. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, that's another thing. Just because you know doesn't necessarily mean you don't sometimes negotiate with yourself. 
who negotiates with us better than us, right? I can't negotiate with myself like nobody's business. So, I mean, I think it is important to kind of understand those things though. And I love that you said that you even time block around your cycle. I have never done that, but I think I'm going to try that because I do a whole lot of other things. I've never even considered time blocking around mm. my cycle. So you've inspired me to try that because it's, it's so true because, you know, it is one of those things that you can look at you know, your cycle and say, okay, well, I'm going to have more energy here. I'm going to have less here. It makes sense to kind of, you know, spread out your tasks that you need to do and appointments that you need to do throughout that. You know, I, right now, one of the things that I do when I'm kind of making my schedule is I look at what else I have that given week. Cause I know that if there's some high energy things, it's going to like suck me dry. Mm-hmm. You know, I try <laughs> to not have too many things, you know, the rest of that week. Because, you know, as again, as a entrepreneur, we're kind of expected to kind of always be on, right? We're always on, we're always on as a podcast, we're always on, you know, Mm -hmm. and I always say I I am a very extroverted introvert, but I I must have, (laughs) must, must, must have my introverted time. And when I do, it's like lights off. It's like, don't call me, don't talk to me. I'm not going to answer you. I love you from afar, but go away. That's, that's, (laughs) I have to unplug, you know, I'm not. I'm, I'm not going to be able to, to talk to you anymore. If I have to do a whole lot of like speaking and stuff like yeah. a few days, mm, you can't talk to me for a while after that. That's just happened. Uh, I was going to say, sister speaks for me. I joke that I am an introvert masquerading as an extrovert. And, yeah. and because when we were looking at things from a cyclical place, there are certain times of the month where you are more extroverted and times where you are more introverted. So regardless of whether you in, you identify as an introvert or an extrovert, you're going to have certain qualities kind of amplified for you at one time or the other. So as an introvert, when I get to the more introverted part of my cycle, I feel like a hermit. I'm like, leave me alone. I don't, nope, I don't talk to me. Maybe just let me stay in my quiet hole over here. I get some of my best writing done. I feel very creative and all of that introspection and like deep quality work comes from me and comes forth from me during that time frame. But I don't have the energy to (laughs) what I tell my family people and stuff. Like I can't do it. And trying to force myself to network and things like that during that time frame, it makes me want to crawl under my desk and take a nap. Yeah. Well, I, I think we are, uh, twin flames on that because I said the same way. That's usually, you could probably look at my phone and be like, okay, I could tell where you were at in your cycle right here because they'll be like <laughs> all missed calls, nothing but missed calls. Yep. And it's it's just how it is. I do the, the bare minimum on people lean during that time. And it's just, you know, it's and people that know me, they kind of know that. It's like, oh, okay, well, she's kind of gone, gone to her dark moment. But, you know, I think it's a must. Again, it's learning how do you work? It's not even like a right or a wrong thing. It's more like, okay, well, I know I work best because if I have to try to push myself through it, because I've had to do it, right? If, <laughs> if I have a speaking engagement, I don't know sometimes that I'm going to not feel like people in that day. I've already agreed to do it. <laughs> you know? Yes. So, there's been times where I've had to kind of pat up, you can, you've got this. This is the only thing that you have to do. You completely have this. There's been those mm-hmm. moments for sure. And, you know, but it completely wipes me way more when I have to push through it. So if I'm trying to nourish myself, I'm trying to nourish my mind, I'm trying to nourish my body, I'm trying to nourish me emotionally, like everything, right? Then I want to work with how I need 
to work, right? And mm -hmm. I think that's the thing. It's getting to know yourself on such an intimate level that you know how you work best because that is the best for you and for your business. Mm -hmm. And I think that's actually one of the really beautiful things about being an entrepreneur is you have the ability and, and we don't look at it that way, yeah. right? We're, again, it's all about the grind and the success of the grind, right? Well, as an entrepreneur, you have this unique opportunity to actually get to know yourself in a very different way. Because when you show up in your work authentically and vulnerably and in a real kind of way, you actually put your best products forward you have the most success in the work that you're doing. And then it goes from being work to being a passion. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I think that is the key. I, I think most of us start a business because of that passion, you know? And I always say, we always start a business for the one or two things that we do amazingly. And then we figure out really, really quickly all the things that we do not do amazingly, right? We figure out all the things that go along with starting a business. Like, wait, I also have to do this and, and this and this and this. And we hate those things, you know? And at the beginning, people typically don't have, you know, the cash flow to be able to hire in all those things that we don't want to be doing. So usually that that's usually where a lot of business owners finally get that aha, like, okay, this is not the passion project I thought it was going to be, mm -hmm. but it can be again, you know, you may have to do some things for a while. There may be some things you have to do for a long while, but if you kind of make it more of the things you love and work within how you best work, I think that is really how you start to kind of change the trajectory of you know, having your business be something that you kind of get to the point of dreading. Because there's been moments in my, I have more than one business, more moments in each of my businesses where I did question. I'm like, did I make a mistake? Was mm -hmm. this something that I should have started? Because there are moments where you feel like it's taking more than you have to give. It's, it's mm -hmm. I always say it's like parenting because you have kids too. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's like parenting, right? So it's like you have this like brand new cute little baby, like, oh my gosh, it's so cute, you know, and you're so excited about it and it's so cute and then it doesn't sleep and then it barks all the time and you're exhausted <laughs> and you're getting sleep and, you know, and finally you kind of get through that phase and then they're into everything all the time. You know, you feel like you can't <laughs> keep up, you know, yeah. and then you finally kind of get to like the younger kid years and then they're still got that, they're kind of cute, you know, still cute, but they're pretty self-sufficient. They're potty trained. They can kind of do their own thing a little bit and you can actually shower and take a nap sometimes. So you get to that and you're like, okay, but then you get to the teenage years. And, and that's what I found with my businesses is that you go through these same cycles almost <laughs> because you, you are, every time you think that you've kind of got to figure it out, you're in another phase and, and, you know, and, and that's okay. It's not bad. It's just another phase, but it's always something that you can learn from it. And one of the things that I have learned from each of the phases is number one, there's always gonna be phases. There's always gonna be things that's outside of my control too. And, you know, I think that learning not only how your business works well, but also learning those things that, that don't work well, right? That aren't working well for whatever reason and that aren't nourishing your business, aren't nourishing you, are actually pulling from you and identifying those. And I, I like to call them kind of like the drainers and the drivers, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think that's how you kind of figure out what is best for 
you to be focusing on like the nourishing things would be kind of the drivers right the things that are not nourishing you would be like the things that are like drain they're like sucking the life from you and there should be more of the things driving you absolutely absolutely and that's where as an entrepreneur you can make those decisions i like talking about it from from the angle of my business like being able to tap into your body wisdom and what feels good in your body and what does your body feel like it's fighting against because we don't plug in and drop into that body wisdom nearly enough we're taught that the head on our shoulders is far superior than the wisdom in our body and we push ourselves through a lot of stuff like i look at the early stages of my business and there were projects that cerebrally made a lot of sense because there were certain questions that were being asked by my clients for example i had a course that was created called empowered fertility and it was all about how to start preparing your body for the fertility journey because that was a big focus of my practice at the beginning. The scope has widened, right? So again, phases and stages. As you're going through these different phases, you have different levels of discovery. You have your different personal experiences that shape how you look at what it is that you're creating. And you have different experiences. You collaborate with different people. All of these things affect that growth and change as you're going through it. And in the beginning, like I had several people be like, oh, it'd be really great if you had this course that helped prepare both partners for the fertility journey. Cool. That's what I was cerebrally told. Something in my body was like, this doesn't feel like it's driving. It doesn't feel like it's driving. Yes, it's on brand. It's on mission, but it doesn't feel like it's driving. That course didn't sell at all. Yeah. Not one. And I was like, see, I, if I had listened <laughs> to the fact that my body was fighting the process and I had a hard time to re- like sit down and do the recordings, I felt scattered while I was sitting down and doing the recordings, even though I had planned at the right time during my cycle that I should have been clear headed. Like there was just always something that I didn't feel like it was gelling, you know? And then it just like, didn't happen at all in any way. It, it, there was no liftoff. And as an entrepreneur, when you're creating stuff like that, when you don't get liftoff, again, that's where the self-talk comes in, right? Like, oh, you know, this wasn't successful. Is everything that I'm going to create not going to be successful? Do people not want what I want, right? That's all that like insecurity stuff talking. And and there's a lot of that that can kind of creep into the picture when you're creating something, especially when it's brand new. Everything about my business, I am a unique practitioner unto myself. I look at women's health in a way that there's nobody else out there doing it. I put the tools together in a way that nobody else is doing it. I love that because, you know, there's enough of an Aquarian side of me that I'm totally fine with (laughs) the humanitarian effort and doing my own wonky weirdo thing. But at the same time, when things don't have lift and they don't start going anywhere, I start to doubt, right? The more things that I have created from a place of flow, meaning that they just kind of roll out of my body. And sometimes I don't even go into it with a plan I just sit down with a mic and I just start going. Yeah. Those are the things that have lift and lift off and take off and sell well and shock the hell out of me. But it's because it's done from a place of flow and not trying to swim upstream against the current. You physically, emotionally, mentally make yourself really tired when you're fighting against 
the natural flow of things. And you know what that feels like because you can feel it in your body. This feels good or this doesn't feel good. I remember in the early stages of, of developing my own business, I remember reflecting about six, I was maybe six or eight months into it. And I was sitting at my kitchen table because I was st still doing the laptop on the kitchen table thing. And I took a deep breath and was like, I have learned and grown more as a professional in this period of time than I have in the last 10 years of my working life. Wow. And I was really proud of that. And it was just incredible to kind of take this look back at how far I had come, but it's because you end up learning things you don't expect to need to know. Yeah. Well, and I, I'm right there with you because I know all of that that you were just saying, I've, I've experienced those same things and, you know, teaching classes or doing speaking engagements, same thing. There's some things I get asked to speak about or asked to teach about. And it's not that I can't teach on them. I know them. It's, it's whatever. It's the same thing. It's like it, for whatever reason, it's so much harder to do those. And they just never do as well as the things that just roll out, right? The things that I could talk about forever, the things that I'm super uber passionate about that you can't shut me up about ADHD podcaster here, you know, blah, 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 blah. but you know, I think those are the things that we need to think about and say, okay, well, why is it I am super passionate about this? What part of this topic really nourishes me to the point mm -hmm. of wanting to just speak about it all the time? And you know, I've taught sales classes in the past in my marketing world. And one of the things I would always tell people is if you really truly believe in what you're selling, it should sell itself because you should be able to talk about it with such passion that the person who is listening feels like they're completely missing out if they don't get on board with whatever it is. And, you know, it's not, you know, pulling the wool over somebody's eyes. It's being so passionate about it and that person needing it so much that there's just this connection. And that's why that type of selling works. It's because the passion, it's not because of some magic words you say, it's not because of anything. The, the person can feel how passionate you are about that mm -hmm. product, that service, that whatever. And without that, it's harder. We've mm -hmm. all been sold to, we can smell it a mile away, right? <laughs> yes. Like, and it's like, okay, well, even if I needed that more than anything else in the world, I'm getting this like oh, feeling and I don't want it, you know, but we've also probably had those conversations where all of a sudden somebody's talking and we're like, oh my gosh, I need that in my life. That's, I want to feel that we're not even buying the product or the service as much as we are the passion and the feeling behind it. That's what we want. Absolutely. Well, and in the work that I'm doing, like, it's really hard to talk about periods. This is a topic that has all kinds of cultural shame and generational issues around it. People have issues with their fertility. They have issues with their postpartum recoveries, right? Like, I'm working in a really charged area where there, people bring a lot to the table in terms of their stories that, that that they are living by the time they reach me. And that's where I feel like being able to show up in 
my vulnerable authenticity. Like anybody who follows my podcast, Reproductive Rebel, or any of my work knows that I've struggled for years with endometriosis. And I'm now the proud owner of a symptom-free 28-day cycle. And yes, that's possible because I share the fact that I went through hell, all of the symptoms you're experiencing. I've been there too. Like, and I, I want to help you feel better because I know how to get you there. And my whole business was born out of loss and heartache and pain that I really like kind of want to save the rest of the world from if at all possible. And so I can't help but feel enthusiastic and passionate because I've come out the other side of it. I've lived it. I've been there. I have the t-shirt. I have the mug too. Like I've had the most multiple miscarriages. I'm able to hold your hand across the table and be like, I see you. You're not alone. And even though it was horrible going through all of it, and it literally ripped my heart out more times than I can mention, at the same time, it has made me the kind of practitioner that can show up in that authentic, real, passionate place and say, I see you, I hear you, and I want to help you. And I can help you. Here's how I can help you. And it's so meaningful to me to be able to take everything that literally brought me to my knees in the last 10 years of my life and turn it into a solution, an answer, a gift for somebody else. And so all of the legal filing and how the heck do I hire an employee and like all of that stuff, which is not my wheelhouse, like just seems really small in comparison to my mission, which is to help change the experience women have in relationship in their own bodies. We can work just as hard. We can be equally as successful. We just have to do it differently so that we don't end up depleted, undernourished in all of the ways that we typically do because we try to work like little men and we're not wired that way. Absolutely. And well, and I love that you shared part of your story there, because I think it's so important for people to understand. I do want to have you you kind of briefly mention your business and your podcast a little bit, but I do want to kind of circle back just so people that are listening to this kind of understand a little bit more about what you do. Because you've kind of alluded to some of it, but I think it's so important, the things that you do, because there aren't a lot of people doing it. I know, you know, in my wellness world, I work with people, I work with women, I work with, but I'm not doing that specific task. And I think that's where it, it, it's a specialist, right? You would go to a pulmonologist for something. <laughs> you would go to a neurologist for something. It's a, it's a specialty. And I think that is so critical to have because, you know, a lot of other people who are seeing kind of a broader scope don't have that I hate to say don't have the time, but it's it, let's be honest, there's only so many hours in a day. Don't have the time to get that specific with every single client. Mm -hmm. So I, I specialize in women's health because I walked through a system where I was gaslit in a really big way. I specialize in women's health because we know more about the ocean floor in Western culture than we do about women's bodies. And yet, 
other cultures around the world have had a much richer and deeper understanding of women's bodies and the needs of women's bodies for centuries. And so I'm trying to bring that ancient wisdom into the modern world and help educate people about how you can take these cyclical ways of being. Now, when I say cyclical ways, this is being in harmony with the phases and strengths and energetic changes of your cycle. This is being in harmony with the strengths and energetic changes of the seasons outside your window because they do have influence over your body. I help to empower you. So, so many women come into my office. They've been to up teen trillion doctors, The doctors are like, oh, your labs are fine. You're fine. I don't find anything wrong with you, but they're still experiencing symptoms. And by the time they get to me, they're desperate. They're like, I don't understand why I'm still having these period problems. Or I I can just feel something isn't right. But the doctor's telling me that there's nothing wrong. Or I went into my doctor's appointment and I had like this many questions that I needed to ask them and they didn't even listen to me. They didn't make eye contact with me over the computer. Like women are massively gaslit in this traditional medical model. I understand that it's a business, but I am running a business too that is people centric. You can't tell me that you can't have quality communication. So all of these things feed the way that women feel when they come in the door to talk with me. And I help to teach them so they do not feel powerless in their body. Because a lot of times it's some dietary changes, but a lot of it is energetic changes. How they're pushing themselves or they're resting during certain parts of the month like I said at the beginning, how you're planning your work throughout the month, how you are expending your energy all throughout the month affects how your immune system shows up for you and whether you catch every darn cold that your kid comes home with or which affects your ability to be productive and feel like you can show up. Like there are so many moms that have kids in that toddler stage that feel like they're sick all the time. And they're like, oh, my goodness, this little human Petri dish keeps bringing everything home to me. And it doesn't matter what I do. I'm always sick. They can't even have a normal cycle because their body's too busy fighting off disease the whole time. Right. And nobody flags that in the Western model. So my whole practice, um, my practice is called Moon Essence, is all about sitting with you, teaching you about your body. I offer classes online. I offer one-on-one work um, where I help give you the tools. I teach you about your body. It's amazing the number of people that don't even know the, the basic phases of their cycle. So I have a class actually coming up on the 21st of this month that's just about that because that's where we begin. Yeah. And then you can figure out, okay, so now I know what these phases are. Now I can start identifying how my energy changes during these cycles. How can I, I mean, resting during your period. I have a little mini course called uh, proper period care. How taking care of yourself during your period literally strengthens your immune system and sets you up for a much more successful, much more energetic entire month. So my whole philosophy in my practice is education first. I'm a, I'm an educator with practitioner skills, right? Yeah. Because we have a massive amount of 
lack of body literacy and information in Western culture. And it leads to a lot of the problems that end up sending us to the hospital for hysterectomies before we're 35, when you can get ahead of all of that. I've had women through the door of my practice who were literally waiting for surgical pre-op type oh, yeah. appointments. And now they have 28 day cycles with no bleeding. They never ended up with their hysterectomy because we started making progress. And they're like, oh, oh, this, I don't have to actually do an awful lot in my life in order to like make changes here. But we just, we don't know what we don't know. Well, and I think that that's why I love that you're doing kind of the education because that that's something that honestly, we all have bodies. We should all learn at least the bare minimum on how our body functions because well, number one, we have to be our own advocates because if something doesn't feel right, sometimes we know it doesn't feel right, but we don't understand the terminology or how everything works enough to be able to kind of describe that. And, you know, you mentioned earlier about, you know, people coming to you when they've kind of been doctor, doctor, doctor. And I, mm -hmm. I feel that in my soul on, on a patient side and on a practitioner side, just because like, that's when I get people too, you know, and it's unfortunate. Um, I even work with a couple of doctors and see people in their, in their office. And it's the same thing. Like they, these doctors are naturopathic and they get it at the end. Like there's nothing else we can do for you. So they end up getting, you know, through our door and it's, it's, it's an interesting, but yet sad way of looking at things kind of in this country specifically, because I have friends that are not in this country that it's kind of a different experience for them that you know they it's looked at natural first you know and when that doesn't work anymore or it's like a major emergency issue then you know we're kind of looking at these other things and here it's kind of like reversed it's reversed that you know it's a pill for this and a pill for that and a pill for this i'm sure you see that too by the time i get them it's like okay well what what, what comes first is this am i seeing the symptoms of all this massive amounts of yeah you know, pills or, or like, what well, what came first? And, you know, that's one of the things that I really love that you said was that you're an educator first, because that's what it takes and why we're not teaching, I mean, boys too, like specifically about their body, but girls about when they're, you know, getting ready to start the period or when they started their period, how does that work? Because I mean, I was in the wellness industry. I've been in it now for 23 years and early on in my years before I kind of do what I do now, I mean, I knew how the body worked, but I still didn't know to the extent that I do now because I had never had yep. a lot of those issues before. Right. And so when I started having hormonal issues, this, like what you were saying with, the, the, with your story about go to the doctor, the labs were fine. It was the same thing. Went to my doctor, the labs were fine. I knew it. I didn't know enough to say, well, it doesn't feel fine. So let me dig a little more. But the point of saying that is, is that it wasn't until I started having mega symptoms of stuff that I realized that this didn't make sense to me that I was able to kind of look further. If I didn't have that base level knowledge already that I had learned, I wouldn't have even known that, okay, well, I don't care what this right here shows what's going on over here, you know? Yeah. Um, because that's the thing, like the medical industry expects us to kind of check all these boxes, but I've never met anybody that checks the boxes. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and they have, I mean, they carry massive malpractice insurance for a reason, you know, and there are side effects to all of their solutions. And the thing is, especially when it comes to gynecological health, like you, 
you're looking at a, a, a really like infantile discipline because it, in the grand scheme of things, it's only about 200 years old. And a lot of it came out of a slave owner experimenting on their slaves, which is horrific. And because there was a belief during that time frame, as horrible as it is, that people of color didn't feel any pain. And so a lot of our surgical techniques that they use were came out of those very rudimentary, horrible beginnings. And so all of that Western medicine can offer is hormones and surgery. Now, if I'm having an ectopic pregnancy, I want a super skilled OBGYN who can save my life, save my life, just make it, make it happen. Right. But there are so many stops on that bus and people don't even know that they have options. They just feel really hopeless and helpless because all their doctor offers them is surgery and hormones. Like I was having problems with my period and I started having problems right out of the gate. So 14 years old, I was put on birth control because that's the only tool they have. I ended up in the emergency room having a heart attack at 25 because what was quote unquote regulating, okay, it just does not just dispel that myth. Birth control does not regulate your cycle. Just, uh, that's a soapbox I'll die on. But, (laughs) um, But I had a heart attack and I didn't know what I didn't know. And I'm so grateful to the ER doctor who saved my life that night because I'm here because of her. But one of the first questions she asked me was, are you taking birth control? And I said, yes. And she goes, you're going to make it out of here tonight, honey. She was an older woman. She's like, you're going to make it out of here tonight, honey. She goes, but she says, don't ever take that stuff again. So then further on down the road, when I was having secondary infertility challenges with my husband, here I am going, now what? Right? I was unexplained infertility, which uh-huh. I was the why child growing up. I don't explain. I don't believe that anything is unexplained. <laughs> so I'm like, I don't believe you for a second. But all they offered me was IVF with ICSI. Yep. And IVF is so hormone drug driven. And I'm like, can I even have this stuff? Have you guys even checked my chart? And sometimes like the transfer of medical records and all of that craziness, like they don't have a complete picture of what's going on in your body, nor do they really sit down and spend the time to do so. And that's where my model is different. Yeah, I don't see as many people. Could I be more profitable? Sure. But that's not the mission. The mission is to make sure you walk out of my office not feeling like a number, feeling like, oh, I have a set of steps that I can actually put into practice today and not feel like my body is betraying me, but like I can actually work in harmony with her. And most of the time, we just feel like our body is betraying us and we get angry at a set of symptoms instead of understanding that our body is saying, hey, I'm trying to communicate lovingly with you in the only language that I know how. Can you please help me out? And it gets more urgent. So the symptoms get worse if you're not listening to them. This is like anything. Right. And so I teach you how to translate that language so that you can then go, oh, 
I'm having cramps. Are they sharp and stabby or are they dull and achy? They're sharp and stabby. They're here. Okay, so I'm going to need heat for this. And you're going to put a heating pad on your belly and you're going to feel better because you know what tool to use for what she's communicating to you. That is really where the magic happens because you're no longer a victim. You're no longer at the mercy of whatever this body is doing. I used to feel that way. I have two autoimmune conditions, man. Like I used to feel like my body drove the bus and I was just along for the ride. And that was the most powerless feeling in the entire world. And so many people, autoimmune disease is on the rise in women's bodies. It affects our fertility. It affects our hormone expression. It affects so many things. And there are so many of us that have felt like our body's driving the bus and we're just long for the ride. And having, and every single one of the people who've come in my office is like, what can I do? We want to be proactive. We want to co-create our reality with this body, but we don't know how. Well, and I think that's where, you know, education does come in and there's so many different pieces, but if you're listening now and you have no idea, like the parts of the body, let's start there. <laughs> and then, you know, once you kind of learn that, like typically, again, we end up trying to learn things that are kind of bothering us or bothering our you know kids or our loved ones or whatever the case may be, because again, there's passion behind that, right? We want mm -hmm. to figure it out. We have to figure that out. And, you know, I think that being able to have people to tap into for those those specialties. And I'm sure you've come, you have a couple of different, you know, modalities that you utilize to help with that. And, but it's, it takes people doing those specialties because yes, I kind of, you know, work on certain things within there, but I don't deep dive into what you're deep diving in. I don't have time. I have mm -hmm. something else that I focus, you know, I have the things I have you focus on. And I love that. I know that you because I kind of knew a little bit about what you did, but I love that I know that you do this because I always look for tools and resources to send people mm -hmm. to for needing something deeper. Because if you curve off and start going deep dive on this over here, then you're taken away from what you're supposed to be deep diving in yourself. And I think Absolutely. it's so important to really have a wellness team. I, I say this to all of my people that come in that I want to work with your team. Mm -hmm. We've got forms that's been attorney approved that you can sign that makes us all HIPAA compliant. I want to work with your team. You need a wellness team. Mm -hmm. You're having problems. You need a wellness team. You don't need to be going to, you know, this hospital or this doctor or this whatever. A lot of times it's just looking at this one little thing or looking at it high scope or you need to be able to have people that are that are there for you, you know, that are there to kind of hold your hand through these things because and I'm not in any way. I have a lot of friends and family members that are um, conventional medical providers and I, I understand on a lot of things their hands are tied you know mm -hmm. insurance companies and I could get into that all day long their oh, hands yeah. are tied on a whole lot of things and they're doing the best and they're there for a reason I gl I'm glad they are and like you told your story about having the heart attack I, I you know I always tell people that if I go out here and get hit by a car later today I don't want anybody out there rubbing herbs on me you know don't rub right. Take right. me to the hospital, let exactly. the professionals do their job. That's their job, right? Their job is the emergencies. Their jobs are to get you to the point where you're able to go home and you're able to kind of work with your body and are able to listen to your body. Mm -hmm. And I think that in this country specifically, we've kind of combined those into the same thing, but they're not the same thing. Mm -hmm. 
you mm -hmm. know, and I think that's kind of where the dysfunction is. And, you know, I, I, I love that you came on today and I know we're, we've been chatting for a while. I do want you to, um, before uh, we get off here though, I do want to have you kind of leave our listeners with something to kind of think about and then also where to find you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thank you so much for having me on today. I knew when I met you that we had a lot that we could talk about. So I'm really grateful for this opportunity. Um, so my practice is Moon Essence. Um, you can find me at moonessence.life online or moonessence.me. I'm very active on Instagram. Um, I also have a podcast called Reproductive Rebel. Uh, you can find it on all of the major platforms that you listen to your favorite podcast, including this one. And I, it, it's an educational platform. I talk about true holistic wellness, the physical body, the emotional body, and the physical body. And like Maria was saying, knowing about just the basics around your body, uh, episode three through seven of season two of my podcast, that's exactly what I go wow. through so that people oh, had a starting spot. Yes. Yes. <laughs> now I'm getting a lot more into like the spiritual and emotional yeah. side of things. But just if that's where you're looking to start for information, that's a really great free resource to go check out. So um, things to leave you with, your body is your ally and you will do your best work and you will show up in the best way possible in the world if you take the time to pour back into your cup. Maybe that's a nap at lunchtime. Maybe that is time blocking yourself space where you don't have anything on your schedule because that open space is actually where creativity is allowed to drop in. We can't be creative when we're oversaturated. But making sure that you block time for you and nourishing you in all of the ways that make you feel alive is going to help you show up better, stronger, and more productive in your business day in and day out. I love that. I, I feel inspired just from listening to that, to be honest. And if you're listening to this on the podcast platform, if you go to the show notes, we will have the link to the business and um, also the podcast. That way you can listen to some of those episodes. I really enjoyed having you on. And like, like you said a minute ago, whenever we met, I, I can't even remember how long we talked, but we talked for a long time. And um, I feel like we could still, I feel like we can have like lots and lots of episodes and not run out of things to talk about because we're both so passionate about this subject of just wellness and nourishing yourself. And also usually that comes from places of, not being nourished. You know, I've, I yes. shared a little bit about your story and, you know, I've had my moments as well. And I think that's the key. If you're listening to this right now and you just feel burnout, you feel exhausted all the time, you're, you're brain fogged, all of these symptoms, it's your body literally screaming to you saying, please listen to me. And mm -hmm. you may not know exactly what it needs, but the first place to start is like, Adrian said is walk off your calendar, you know, take, take some rest. That's the first thing I always tell people to do is, is focus on rest and the rest will kind of come. But I don't know if there's anything else that you want to say before we end, but. No, I feel really complete. And just thank you all so much for sitting down with us and listening to this show. This has been an incredible opportunity.
Life is a winding road No telling where it goes Driving through days 